0: Silence your cell phones now. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my
1: grandma gave to me twelve fila suits. What's good? Welcome back to the Pop up Podcast. I am Ralph Campiano, and this is NFL Week Three preview time, presented by Bordneros Pizzeria. I am joined, as always, by the hottest man in the gambling arena, Bordy B. What's popping, B? What's happening? How you doing, baby? Dude, I'm fucking rolling. I'm ready to go. Um, Let's just regroup really quick after last week because you have been unbelievably hot. Like, it's insane. Like, you were 4-1 last week on our Cornerstone games. I went 2-3. So, you're 9-1 on the season. You've only lost once in 10 picks, which is unbelievable. And our Cornerstone games are the five games that we have the closest eye on towards the weekend because we think they're the best matchups so it's not usually the easiest picks right like these are supposed to be difficult picks and you're fucking nine and one on them i'm five and five on the season in them which is ridiculous but we're going to talk about every single game this weekend we've decided to do that moving forward because we don't want teams to feel like they're being left out here you know this is an italian dinner table we got everything that the world has to offer it's all about love here so i've got the wife beater on Bordy's got what, what kind of jacket even is that? Is it an Italian Fila jacket? And then you have the Bordy's hat? You look here like at a poker yeah. tournament right now.
0: It's not Fila. I think it came off the back of a truck. Yeah. But, uh, this is just what every tourist has in their wardrobe.
1: Were you born with that on? Like, did you come out of the womb with one of those? Um, the gold chain, uh, some, like, really weird, like, white New Balances sneakers. And I don't even know what kind of shorts. Like, what kind of shorts? What kind of shorts are you wearing right now?
0: Uh, doesn't matter what kind of shorts, as long as there's no underwear underneath them. Mm. Uh, but these Italian, these Italy jumpsuits, you don't even buy them. They just come with being Italian. You get a new one every time you grow, and you just constantly got to have one that fits.
1: Yep, yeah, mine's at the cleaners right now. So let's just dive right into the games. We're gonna go into our got spaghetti bruise.
0: stains on it.
1: And then we'll go into the, I'm calling it the sloppy slate because like we're going to breeze through them. We won't spend too much time on them. But Bordy's so hot right now that I couldn't deny his wishes. So if he has any picks there, he'll make them on the sloppy slate. Um, And then I'll ride with him in the sloppy slate. But we're still going against each other in the cornerstone games. First matchup, I think it's the matchup of the weekend because both of these teams are 0 2. They came in with relatively high expectations going into the season. It's a loser leaves town matchup. It's the Los Angeles Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are favored by a point and a half. Um, this is just two really disappointing, talented teams that I think we expect a lot out of them because of the big names, but when it comes down to it, the defenses are not getting the jobs done, so I think this has the potential to be a very high-scoring game, so it should be fun. It should be electric. Um, but what are you looking for here? Is it a Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson thing where your eyes are just on them the entire time, um, or is this something else that you're seeing here?
0: Yeah, I think um – um. Going to try to zero in on the Chargers, see what they got as an identity. Um, Struggling without Eckler. uh, Losing to the Titans last week. Just a really, really bad game. Uh, The Kellen Moore offense hasn't come to fruition. Um, Spacing's bad. All sorts of things going wrong on that offensive side of the ball. Herbert hasn't played bad. He hasn't turned it over. But the fact that they're still not winning games... With him playing well in this roster, is concerning. And uh, Vikings, on the other hand, you know, 0-2, staring down the barrel at 0-3. They don't play great at home. I like the Chargers getting one and a half here, but, uh, you know, you never know when you're going to see that uh, high-powered Vikings offense. I just don't think the defense for either of these teams is going to show up.
1: I mean, so they've lost two pretty tough games. They played against Miami at home the first week, and Tua had an all-decade performance with Tyreek going absolutely well, bonkers. Go, go
0: back to last year, it just seems like that stench from blowing that halftime lead against Jacksonville has kind of stuck to them throughout 100%. the off season, and they just they're just smelling
1: it up. Well, they're not getting like what they need out of like they've we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Stars and scrubs on defense. That's the philosophy here. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, their corners have gotten worse. Like Asante Samuel hasn't taken a big leap. Um JC Jackson's getting torched everywhere that he goes after having a really successful stint with the Patriots. They're Durland's just they're pathetic on enough. the interior. Yeah. It's like Bosa Sebastian are days, running by the
0: quarterback. Bosa and yep. are just running right by the quarterback and you got nothing in the middle to Really getting the QBs' face.
1: And we have two major hot seat situations here. You have Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, and then Kirk Cousins being involved in trade rumors for the Vikings if they decide to throw the season away and maybe go to Caleb Williams, Drake May, should do a not They're not, not going to
0: trade the Golden Goose.
1: You don't think so? I think that it's very possible that they could give up, I don't know, a second-round pick and maybe another second-round pick next year to the Jets, just because, like, I don't know, what's your ceiling if you're the fucking Vikings? Like, you had the best possible season last year after winning all those lucky one-score games. And it does take skill to win close games, but at the end of the day, like, that is not going to happen twice in a row. Like, what's their ceiling? Uh, Second place in the NFC North and missing out on the playoffs? Like, I just don't understand, like, what the value is of maintaining that contract of his. I know it expires at the end of the year, but still, it's just... I don't see the point in keeping them.
0: So they're heading into their second rebuild in five years is what you're
1: insinuating. Um, What was their last rebuild? Like, I, I guess, I mean, I when don't they, know. When they, they moved, moved digs. Right. Yeah, sure. But like you still have Jefferson right now. You have like Addison who's been really good so far. He has two touchdowns in his first two games. He looks like a solid piece. I don't know what Alexander Madison is doing being a starting running back. He's the most boring running back in the league. Last year was fun, like when he would come in for Dalvin Cook and it'd be like, Oh, it's just another dreadlock dude getting, I don't know, nine carries a game. But now that he's getting like twenty to twenty-two, there's no fun in that. Like he looks fucking fat and exhausted. It's like it's like tail end of his career, Eddie Lacy right now. It's there's no fun in watching him.
0: Yeah. He's burning a lot of people on fantasy right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like fifth to or sixth round pick.
0: Gotta give a shout out to the fantasy community. I may be hot on my picks. But I am absolutely zeroed, lasered, z- zoned in 100% to fantasy football
1: right now. You're just scalding hot across the board. That's just, this has been your year for football. And it has not been mine. Once again, five and five on the season on Cornerstone. So you're taking Chargers plus one and a half. I'm going to go that route too. Just don't believe in this Vikings team. And I think that the Chargers have a higher ceiling, they also have higher expectations, they also have a better quarterback. So I'll go with them. Uh, Looking towards the next game, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions. Lions are favored by three. I put that this is football nerd paradise because these are two coaches that I think are very different and very similar in a lot of ways. I think philosophy-wise, they want to pound it down your throat, build their game through the run, and then acquire a lot of defensive talent in the offseason. The Lions went and got Gardner Johnson. The Falcons repaired their defense, which was treacherous last year. But it's not like the sexiest matchup when you just look at like, oh, it's Atlanta and Detroit. But I mean, Falcons are 2-0, and oh, the Lions are 1-1. One one. This is a, kind of one of those matchups where like I'm going to lock in and I can't wait to see like the super football nerds break it down on Twitter the following day and the following week because Ritter and Goff, it's not sexy. I get it. But you also have Bijan and Gibbs. You have Pitts and Laporta. You got a Ross, St. Brown, and Drake London. You had AJ Terrell in this game. I think there's a lot of talent here and I think these are two not top-tier NFC contenders, but at least in that second tier of NFC contenders where they will be fighting for playoff spots.
0: Yeah, Falcons took care of business last week against another another NFC North foe in the Packers. Um, Lions fell short against the Seahawks. Seahawks were one of my picks last week. Uh, Money line and the spread. Uh, I like the Lions bounce back. I think they just have... They got a better QB. They got few more weapons across the board. Um you're gonna see how the lines fare without Montgomery. Mm. Uh I think Gibbs needs to run a little better, better between the tackles, hit the hole and kinda I mean, they were playing Montgomery for a reason. Gibbs isn't that every down back yet. Um so interesting to see that there. Still watching the Falcons, uh gonna see who's running the ball there, how many touches they get to Bijan, Algier and uh Cordero was questionable to return this week. So, uh, the Joe Two fun offenses, two unique offenses, and uh, going to be a lot of running the ball in this one.
1: Yeah. Two of the best offensive coordinators in football right now, and Arthur Smith, who's also the head coach for the Falcons, he calls the plays there. And then Ben Johnson's been getting a ton of hype. Um, rightfully so since he took over for the lions he's been um, lighting it up with not the most talented people and we still have jameson williams coming back three weeks later which you know better than anybody thanks to our madden league um but yeah this is going to be like just kind of a fun thing to like unfold because it's like two years ago this would have been easily the grossest game of the week and after rebuilding through the draft and like kind of changing their culture's identity both of these franchises like this is a fun matchup that i can't wait to see so I think I am going to go Falcons plus three here, just because I don't know, man. Montgomery missing, I think, is a little bit bigger of a weight than we're anticipating. And Algier and Bijan have looked really good behind the Falcons' offensive line, which is it's a tough group. Like they're, this is another thing. Like we didn't even mention it; these are two of the best offensive lines in football. Like they built these cores to just fucking pound people with, and it's working. So Chris Lindstrom, the right guard for the Falcons, if you are a nerd and you like to see pancakes. That's one guy to watch. And then Pene Sewell for the Lions is probably the best right tackle in the league. So, another guy to keep an eye out on. So, I've got Falcons plus three. What are you taking here?
0: Uh, give me Young Hoku over one and a half field goals.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, but all right. That's your boy. Oh, so we never actually talked about your primetime kicker parlay theory last week. We forgot to mention it at the end of the pod. So, do you want to walk through your formula for the kicker parlays? So, I
0: originally had three
1: criteria for
0: this, and I forgot a very important aspect to this. And you're seeing it a lot this year. Tonight, you know, two field goals. Uh, is it Moody, for San Fran? Yep. Two field goals, both hit on the over. Uh, I forgot, in the early games, teams just don't really take their points. Yep. Some about playing during the daytime. You're a little more uh, – got Excited. a little more testosterone in you, you know. Yep. Uh, nighttime, they got all the cameras on you. They're taking twice as many commercial breaks. You just want to get your points anyway you can get them. Yep. So uh, if you got a good field goal kicker playing against a solid defense, and their offense can also move the ball in primetime games, I like field goal overs ten out of ten times.
1: Yeah, that's your bread and butter. You love them. So let's go to a matchup that is. Going this to be this
0: isn't a night game, but uh, KU. Uh, kicks pretty well indoors. I think uh, Detroit's defense will play solid. They got a good uh, good enough run defense. Uh, but it's going to have to be impressive to stop uh, B. John Robinson.
1: Yeah, the boy, the boy. Let's go to the Monday Night Football game this week. It is a Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years ago. The Los Angeles Rams are in Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by three points. The Rams have looked pretty tough. I went into the season anticipating that they would be the third team in the NFC West behind Seattle and the Niners, but Stafford is fucking dealing through two weeks. Um, they played a tough game against the Niners last week, ended up losing by seven on a hilarious backdoor cover that absolutely fucked hundreds and thousands of people across the country. Hysterical to watch McVay just say, you know what? Fuck it. We're taking the three right here. We're going to cut it down to, from 10 to seven. And then the Bengals, zero two, struggling their little dicks off burrow has not looked like himself Jamar chase hasn't looked like himself burrow got hurt last week again re-aggravated that calf injury he's supposed to be playing in this game though on monday night what do you like here do you like aaron donald seven and a half sacks take the over there or is this one of those things where you're like you know what i'm not sure it's kind of like uh Bengals are struggling with their identity rams always know who they are they got puka nakua blowing up but cup is still out where do you fall here
0: I think Vegas is still kind of catching up on last year's Rams season. Uh, Stafford had a completely blown out elbow. Yep. Uh, They looked horrible. Uh, Didn't get a first-round pick. Everybody was real low on them. But it's a well-coached team. And when you got Aaron Donald on one side of the ball and Stafford on the other side, you got two all-pros. Stafford's a few years past that, but he's, Got a little bit left in the tank. He's a leader and knows how to win football games. And uh, they kept it close to San Fran last week. Uh, division game, you expect that. But uh, Bengals 0-2 is outright favorites this year. Uh, they burned me last week, taking them against Lamar. I, don't, I just don't see any promise there, but I'm going the Bengals minus three. Oh. This is gonna
1: be our third week in a row where we both take the Bengals,
0: and it's so gross. They're favorite again, um, at home. They got to figure it out. It just feels like play calling's been really bad, uh, but we can work on that. Fuck, dude. Not I'm gonna uh, keep. I'm gonna keep riding with them, and if they burn me, they burn me. But.
1: I, I don't like this at all, boardy. We're both on the Bengals here. I, this, I don't is why, this is why.
0: This is why I don't like picking all the cornerstone games. Like if if I was actually betting, which I don't bet, which is a credit to why I think I'm seeing the board so clearly, is that I don't have a crippling gambling addiction at the moment. <laughs> but um, I would stay away from this one. Seems like a trap line. I I don't have the over under off the top of my head, but uh, maybe just take Puka Nakua receptions and.
1: Call it a day. Yeah. Should we talk about this guy? Like, what Oh, the th- fuck? this is
0: Monday Night Football. Give me yeah. McPherson over field goals.
1: Okay. McPherson over one and a half. And that's the other thing. It's always one and a half. We talked about that. Like, you don't even have to look at it. It's always going to be one and a half. And I wonder what the going rate is on that. Um,
0: it's, all right. McPherson, it's probably about minus 115, 120. It ranges okay. from about minus 150, which you'll get with Justin Tucker sometimes upwards of plus 140 off some scrum diddly kicker.
1: Mm, I wonder who the scrum diddly, like Eddie Pinheiro, like he's one of those guys. Matt Primer, uh, Like now. Cowboys
0: are going to take their points all year. You just got to keep in mind the play caller. If they have good defense, they're going to take their points and
1: move on. You know it's actually interesting because like people are so obsessed with the idea of going for it on fourth down now that you've completely zagged that trend and you're like just fucking take the points like just give me the three because like you see like all these guys like Dan Campbell Arthur Smith that we mentioned McVeigh Shanahan they love going for it on fourth and four on their opponents like thirty eight yard line and they could easily take the points but they just get so greedy and the analytics are like ooh no don't be a nerd fucking go for it but Bordy's like. Hey man, and that's
0: that's a common trend gotta, in the league, for and reason. that's that's where you get burned on the day games because teams, I promise, are a lot more prone to go for it in those scenarios. It seems like the game just matters a little bit more on uh,
1: Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. All right, moving on to the Saints at Green Bay. The Packers are favored by one and a half. Another NFC North, NFC South matchup here. These are two teams that are at the top of their divisions alongside Atlanta and Detroit who will be facing off. Like we mentioned, Jordan Love, Derek Carr, not the most explosive wide receiver groups between these two teams. You got a and in New Orleans. But aside from that, it's like, you know, Romeo Dobbs, Michael Thomas, I guess you can get excited about. I wish that Kamara was back for this game because being able to watch Aaron Jones and Kamara would be a lot of fun. I think Jones is actually going to be back this week, which will be nice for my fantasy lineup. Nobody gives a fuck about my fantasy team. Yeah, nobody, nobody
0: wants A.J. Dillon on their TVs.
1: No, he's hard to watch. He was so exciting like when he came in because you're like, ooh, look at this big, beefy boy. But it turns out he's just slow, and it's like the Alexander Madison thing all over again. He's great, 9 to 10 touches a game, and he can just hammer it and save his fatigue. But once you get him to 15 to 17 touches, it's like, oh, this dude needs, like, he's got the Gatorade logo above his head like he's in 2K. <laughs> So this is like one of those matchups where I looked at it and it's just like logos, like two classic franchises that have been staples in the NFL for the last 20 years or last 15 years, I guess, with the Saints and the Packers. Green Bay, once again, favored by one and a half at home. What do you like here?
0: Give me the pack minus one and a half. Um, Like I said, getting Aaron Jones back. Hopefully get Christian Watson in there. He He hasn't played in about a month, but it'd be nice to get him some snaps, and uh, he'll take some attention away from the other receivers. Uh, Packers coming off a loss at Atlanta, going back home. You know, got to take the
1: Pack at Lambeau. And not a and, promising outcome. Yeah, Saints, li- the limped, their last way. Week. Saints yeah. limped
0: their way to 2-0. It and, was, uh, they it really was haven't faced yeah. a good offense at all. And uh, Packers are well coached. The floor is a good play caller. I like the Packers minus one and a half here. I'd maybe take this up to six and a half, get it at plus 200 maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're speaking play, my language. Play right around with, with it a little bit. You know I love selling points. Selling points is my jam. That's what I hit tonight on the Niners. I had Niners, I had six and a half, and a couple of player props in there. Um, I think I like that. I might have to – I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a look at that line. If it does get to plus 200 at six and a half, I'll definitely take that. Just because – this matchup, I look at it and I see two head coaches. I see Dennis Allen, who I do not think is a great NFL head coach. I think he's fine. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. And that defense for New Orleans is awesome. DeMario Davis, still absolutely wrecking shit. Like, 11 years in his career. Absolutely love watching him play. But their offense just, I'm not, I am not—I don't know. It's Derek Carr, man. Like, he's way too like Christian for me. I can't do it. You know, I like Jordan Love. Um, and it kills me that he looks good these first two weeks. But that fucking... False start last week was so <laughs> embarrassing, dude. Like, <coughs> come on, man. Like, you know that looks
0: like me trying to run a QB snake just <laughs> off three clons and a bottle yeah. of
1: whiskey. Yeah, that looks like you trying to do a QB sneak after being QB snuck at martinis. Like <laughs> it is a recipe for disaster for yeah. most of us. Um so yeah, I'm gonna ride Packers by one and a half here, too. Yeah. I promise. Saints off Saints off
0: days. a short week, two and oh, I don't see him moving to three and zero against a good Packers team.
1: All right, in the last game in our cornerstone, we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers and Baker. Eagles are favored by four and a half on the road in Tampa Bay. Am I crazy to kind of like Tampa in this game? I've watched them the first two weeks uh, because they played Minnesota and they played the Bears, so I had to watch the fucking Bears game. They Baker doesn't look bad. Like he, the thing, these are these are the best weapons that he's had in his NFL career. He is a former number one overall pick. Obviously, he's very polarizing and divisive. I think most people, I think it used to be 50-50, love-hate. Now I think it was 80-20 for a while towards the hate. Now I think we're back to like 80% love. He's up and down all over the place. But I've kind of liked him these first two weeks. And having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin motivated to go get new contracts and that defense is still stout. I kind of like Tampa in this game because Philly's been good. They're 2-0. These are both 2-0 teams but they haven't like blown me away, but then again, they're still winning by, you know, 10 points each game. So it, it, is it sick of me to like maybe take the bucks at plus four and a half here?
0: No, you got to like them at home. It's yeah. probably going to be warm in Tampa. Um, you know, if you take you take the bucks, you're just betting on Devin white and Mike Evans. And, uh,
1: that's Levante two people. Day I then. like.
0: That's two people I like to have my money on. Yeah. Um, Money line, I'm a little iffy on, especially if it's sitting under plus 200. Um, similar line to the Eagles Vikings game we had last week, and the, uh, the Vikings did cover that one. But uh, you know, Eagles are just an all around good team. They were 13 and four last year, 14 and three, whatever they were for a reason. Yep. You know, they're uh, they're well rounded everywhere. Uh, can the Bucks stay high? I don't know. I'd probably take uh, Eagles minus four and a half. If that was a bet, man.
1: One matchup to watch here. Tampa Bay's front seven. We mentioned Devin White, Alante David, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon against Philly's offensive line. That's going to be a battle in the trenches. On the other side of the ball, too, you have Tampa Bay's offensive line. Can they hold Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the interior? And then you'll have know, Hassan Reddick probably matched up against Warfs a lot. That'll be fun too. So, some trenches battles here, that'll be fun. And then Mike Evans versus Darius Slay. Would not be surprised to see a fight between those two. So, we are definitely on brutal battle watch with those guys. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Tampa plus four and a half here. Why not? Four and a half is a good amount of points at home. I've liked Baker. Haven't been too inspired by Hertz. Um, but, you know, it's just one tush push away from being a six point game. So, that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, so I'll go with Tampa here. Um, all right, let's move on to the sloppy slate. We'll breeze through a lot of these, and Bordy will highlight the ones that he likes the most. Titans and Browns. Titans are at Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by three and a half. God knows why they just lost in Pittsburgh. Their offenses looked atrocious. But Tennessee coming off a win against the Chargers, they don't get any respect here. What the fuck? It's it's three and a half in Cleveland. I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Vegas is just counting on that Browns D line. Getting to the quarterback mm-hmm. and uh, the Titans not being able to move the ball again, which is uh, likely, but that's never stopped him from winning games before. <laughs> um, the Titans and the Browns are kind of similar in a way on offense. Without uh, Nick Chubb for the Browns, just a horrible injury. I still haven't. I'll never watch that video. I saw the still of just his leg sideways, and I was like, "That's enough for me." Um. At Cleveland, hopefully it's not dog shit weather, but it's Cleveland.
1: I like the Titans in this one. I knew it. I knew it. It's it's you and Vrabel against the world. Just the tougher team here, I think. Cleveland, I the do tougher, like-
0: more well coached. Yes, getting three and a half points. Derrick Henry.
1: There's one thing that I really liked in the Monday night broadcast, which was I don't know who scheduled those games, but having to watch both of those offenses, all four of those offenses go against all four of those defenses on Monday night was really hard. But seeing um, a little kind of like highlight clip of Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Browns, he's going to punish his defensive unit if they don't celebrate after they make a big play i love that celebrate the big plays because so often we see the only time defenses get to celebrate is when they get a turnover they run to the opposite end zone they get in front of the camera and they mob out offenses we see them celebrate all the time every first down it's a fucking celebration but defenses should be celebrating too miles garrett uh, he's right there with micah for best defensive player in the league right now he's so fucking fun to watch you gotta put tj
0: watt in there too 100 percent you're totally right if if micah doesn't win defense player of the year this year it's gonna be gonna be because of a guy named tj watt
1: yeah i think miles should be up there too though he's solid so the next game is the bears at the chiefs chiefs are favored by 12 and a half just take the chiefs be a smart guy the bears obviously had the uh,
0: oh viv but you know i like a i like a risk i like The Bears plus
1: 12 and a half. I'm telling you right now, Bordy, don't do it to yourself, man. The Kansas City defense is good. The Bears offense is bad. The Bears defensive coordinator was being... I don't even know what the whole situation was. I was really busy that day, so I wasn't able to keep up with everything beat for beat. But from what I understand, he might have been looking at child pornography, and that could be a fan rumor that somebody started. But I will say this much. I wish that the FBI was digging into Ryan Poles and Matt Eberfluses. I don't... I don't think I will ever have a GM and head coach situation in Chicago that I'm actually happy about. Like, you have Jerry Jones. You've had him for, you know, 30 years. Your entire life, you've had Jerry Jones as your GM. He at least knows how to find talent and has like a decent enough culture. Ryan Poles is the fakest tough guy in the world. I've been saying it all week. Um, I cannot stand this fucking Bears organization. Um, so I'm sick of it. I would take the Chiefs by 12 and a half here.
0: You didn't mention their offensive coordinator in their ranch years are you are you bagging the boy you know i'm, this I'm up, not, in I'm, the not behind fields?
1: Luke, I'm not behind luke Getzi either barter said it in the chat earlier this week aaron Rodgers has made so many offensive coordinators look so much better than they really are i mean obviously yeah. we have the hacking situation he got hired to be head coach of the broncos that was a nightmare Now was the oc of the jets it's like yeah i think i would be a pretty decent offensive coordinator too if i had one of the five best quarterbacks of all time Running my offense and audibling at the offensive line every play, like he's always making adjustments to what the offensive coordinator calls. That's not Justin Fields' talent. He's not going to make a lot of hot route decisions when he gets to the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, gonna be gonna be a tough game for Chicago. Uh, seems like every time you hop on Twitter, Rex, you just see some more bad news coming out of Chicago these days. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, a fucking headache. I think Jaquan Brisker just flat out liked a tweet from somebody saying that the Bears suck. Yep. And he was
1: just like, yeah, we're fucking horrible. <laughs> um, I mean, you see the Devin White clip today with DJ Moore. He was like, they're not using you right. I miss tackling you. And DJ Moore was like, you ain't got to tell me. I already know.
0: Yeah, it's just every time you hop on social media, it's another flying bag of shit from the Bears. All the more reason to bet on this week.
1: Oh, boardy Uh, on the Bears. Alright, so we're against each other. No,
0: I'll never say I'm on the Bears, but uh, I'm actually on the under this one this week. Okay, uh, I've hit on the last two Bears overs. I've kind of got lucky on both. They've uh, got some garbage time points to make the games look a little closer than uh, they should be. And uh, I just don't see them putting up 20 points on the chiefs no taylor swift's going to be in in attendance
1: and if that's an omen it's going to be a dog shit game yep yep and i will say this for the Bears secondary um if there's any group that they can match up against it's kansas city's wide receivers probably one of the worst wide receiving cores in the league so they might have a chance there but we have no pass rush and mahomes with like three plus seconds in the pocket is a fucking nightmare so, I, I don't know what Kelsey's props are here, but I would fucking hammer whatever those I, are. I'd
0: take Kelsey one touchdown, Kelsey two touchdowns, yep, Kelsey three touchdowns, <laughs> and just keep going.
1: Keep going on this one. All right. Uh, next game is the Pats at the Jets, New England in New York at MetLife Stadium. Jets are home dogs, plus two and a half here. I don't know why. Um, Patriots are zero and two. Jets are one and one. Obviously, the week one win was tough, and they looked absolutely terrible against the Cowboys. But the Cowboys have the best defense in the league.
0: That's what um, that's what this line is. It's it's an overreaction of that Cowboys
1: game, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know where to go here. I guess I, there's no way that this is going to make the cornerstone games, even though both of these defenses are ridiculous. Uh, it's still going to be Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. So I guess. A quarterback draft class matchup that's interesting but also very 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 ugly
0: yeah i trust i trust the jets defense to bounce back at home um had to go on the road last week week after losing Rodgers. walk into a buzzsaw yep. in the cowboys defense and offense they just kind of fired on all cylinders um i'll take the points and the jets d Against Mac Jones and whatever offense Bill O'Brien's running there, it's absolutely bland. It looks like uh, he just stole some of Saban's notes from college, and expects his receivers to get eight yards of separation. But his receivers are Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devante and Parker. Yeah, really, the only threat in that offense has been Hunter Henry. Right, and. When your tight end is getting your most production, that's not a good sign of success.
1: Yeah, unless you're Kansas City and you have a generational tight end. Next game is the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars in an AFC South Divisional matchup. Jaguars look to bounce back here after their loss against Kansas City at home. They're favored by 8.5 points over the Texans. Stroud versus Lawrence. Once again, this is just a fun division because you've got three young quarterbacks and then Ryan Tannehill, I guess. Um, but yeah, the first matchup between Stroud and the Jags, who... I, it's I don't know. I, I I like Houston. They're kind of fun to watch. Like we talked about Bobby Trees, aka Robert Woods at the beginning. They, they played Denver. well last week. They're like they're not bad. Like they're never going to get blown out, I don't think. They're not gonna be one of those teams because D'Amico Ryans is fierce. And I think they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball and then offensively they're lacking, but Stroud hasn't turned it over yet, and he's looked pretty solid. Yep.
0: Jaguars had a rough week last week. Lawrence was Held to virtually nothing. I expect yeah. a three-touchdown game out of him. He's gonna get the ball around to guys like Zay Jones, Ridley. Not a not a great Christian Kirk matchup. Solid defense. Stingley's out with the hamstring. Um, I expect the Raven or the
1: Jaguars to put this one away by double digits. Okay, so you're taking the Jags here. At home against the Texans by eight and a half. I'll lock that in. All right, next matchup, we have the Buffalo Bills going to D.C. to face the Washington Commanders. Commanders are home dogs here, plus six and a half. That's a lot of points for a team that's got a pretty scary defensive front. Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Dron Payne. Like I like the commander's defense quite a bit, and the Bills' offense looked a lot better last week against the Raiders than it did in week one against the Jets, probably because they weren't playing the fucking Jets. Um, what do you like here? Is this a matchup that you're like, hey, Washington can pull this boy out? You know they got a new owner. They got some new juice in the stadium.
0: Washington's or... fun to watch, man.
1: They are. How that, do you... uh, what are your that thoughts Denver, on old... That
0: Denver game was quietly the best game of the week.
1: 100%. Uh,
0: Sam Howell had a rough first half. Denver kind of got to him, and then uh, second half was just the Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson show. And uh, many
1: men wish yeah. death upon me.
0: Uh, commanders held the Broncos to virtually nothing on the ground, uh, with the exception of two Marvin Mims sixty-yard catches. Yep. Um, I think Commanders would have won that one fairly easily, and without the hail mary at the end, the prayer. But uh, yeah, uh, I would take the points usually with the commanders at home, but uh, Josh Allen's due for a bounce back game. Riverboat Ron's due for an egg. Give me the Bills minus six and a half. Okay. Don't feel great about it,
1: but I mean, they looked fucking good last week though against the Vegas, so I expect them to continue that momentum. Um, I just don't think Josh Allen's gonna have. More than two or three of those dog shit games like he did against the Jets. He already got one of them out of the way. I could see one of them happening against the Jets again later in the season, maybe against the Pats, something like that. But it's still a young secondary for the commanders like Emmanuel Forbes, their rookies, their best corner right now, and their safeties are lacking. Dogs. He's, he's an absolute dog. He is, but I think this could be a big week for Diggs, so I would keep an eye out on the Diggs player props as well. Next game is Indianapolis in Baltimore to play the Ravens. Gardner Minshew versus Lamar Jackson. Are there two quarterbacks in the league that are more different from one another? Uh, The Ravens are favored by eight and a half. Lamar for MVP?
0: You could say that, yeah. He's got a lot of weapons to throw to. Uh, Say Flowers has been playing great. He's an exciting young cat. Um, They're thin at running back, which makes me worry for him. but uh, it's a new offense. You know, they're not entirely dependent on the run game like they used to be. Yep. Um yeah, if Lamar can play a full season, he's definitely gonna be in the running. But I am on Indianapolis in the points for this one. I w kinda like Minshew in like a weird like porn star way. <laughs> I knew you were gonna like, go this route. I've just got it. he's just got Moxie to him. He uh he slings the ball. Um, he Zach slings
1: Moss, a hundred percent.
0: Zach Moss is sneaky, you know. Santana Moss is his little cousin. Uh, I'll take the Colts and the points to this one. Ravens, they don't blow many teams out, uh, especially an AFC team that has uh, played them well in the past.
1: This is another uh, Logos matchup. Like the Saints and Packers, this is two franchises that have been at the front of the NFL for two decades now. So The I'm Battle go of Baltimore. You. It is. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm just going to put my faith in Lamar and call it a day uh, and see if Menchu can uh, make it right. I, I never Wanda questioned boys. that your faith was anywhere else. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, all right. This matchup, I, I, I almost thought about putting this one in the Cornerstone games just because – Pat Sertan versus Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I love me a little bit of that. The Denver Broncos going to Miami to play the Finns. Dolphins are favored by six and a half. Dolphins look like a fucking juggernaut. They're 2-0. and They oh. They've beaten two solid teams. I don't know what we're going to think of the Patriots, but early season Patriots is when you don't want to play them because Belichick has so much time to scheme against you. And then Denver 0-2. Sean Payton, disappointing start to the season, obviously. <sighs> but Russell Wilson and Tua, I was just like, I like Tua, but I don't think I'll ever be able to have Russell Wilson in a cornerstone game. He's just too much of a fucking pussy. And This is, this is like playing, playing
0: your this is like playing
1: your uncle in football. Yes, <laughs> 100%. Would you like to see Stedham get a start at some point this year? Yeah, I mean,
0: if Russ can't get the ball to Sutton and Jerry Judy, what's he going to accomplish back there? Right. Um, you got a lot tied into them. Uh, you got a new coach that's supposedly <laughs> going to be able to fix them. I don't see it happening. Uh, Finn's defense is underrated. Uh, yeah. I like their pass rush. They get upfield fast, and they can definitely force some uh, pressure on the inside with the likes of Christian Wilkins yep. and guys like that. Um, if the Finns don't lay an egg, I like the six and a half here. Minus six and a half. Uh, McDaniel's a great play caller. And as long as two is healthy and they're not facing a defense like the Patriots, a defense like the Niners, I'll take the Finns over the right, Broncos next- minus six and a half.
1: Next game is Carolina going to Seattle. The Panthers facing off against the Seahawks. Seahawks are at home. favored by six points here. Um, another team that has been pretty disappointing. But you know they bounced back last week in an explosive game against the Lions on the road and got the win. Um, but that week one matchup it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I didn't watch a lot of the Detroit game last week. I'll admit it. I did watch more of their game against the Rams. Just a mistake on my end. Hand up. Uh, Should have watched the one that was more fun. Very simple fix there for me. But Carolina, uh, this offense is it's tough. Bryce Young looks fucking. It would be like if I, I mean. If well, he's back, he's out.
0: He's out this weekend.
1: Is he? Yeah, he's he's sitting. So Andy Dalton gets the start here.
0: Which I kind of like. The I think okay.
1: I like that more.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's going to be able to get the ball to the receivers King. at least.
1: DJ Chark. Now those receivers don't sound so bad now that they have a quarterback that can like visualize them. Because Bryce, he, I can't get over it, dude. He looks like Petey going out there and playing. It's <laughs> unbelievable.
0: I, and I think Bryce is good. I think he will be a good quarterback. But um, he just doesn't have the receivers to really trust putting the throws in there yet. Uh, you're going to expect Andy Dalton to throw one right to the Seahawks, probably. But uh, I think you got a better chance to win right now with
1: Dalton, keep Bryce healthy, and uh, try to rebuild with no first-round pick next year. Yep, going to the Bears. So I'll keep an eye out on this game. Hopefully the Seahawks can just at least win it. Um, our next game, your hot boys going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Cowboys are favored by twelve and a half in Arizona. Arizona has been tough. Uh, for the first three quarters of every game, and then they've blown up in the fourth. I don't think that happens this week. I think that the Cowboys absolutely route these fuckers. They take them seriously because they understand that, hey, they almost beat our divisional opponent last week. They almost got to win against another divisional opponent. That's interesting. The Cardinals are starting out against three NFC East teams. Um, but, yeah, do you expect Micah Parsons to get 14 and a half sacks?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit of a somber day as a Cowboys fan. Trey Diggs. As uh, yeah, Trayvon went down with an ACL injury earlier today. Um, you know, Cardinals got some explosive weapons with Hollywood. We're a little weak in the secondary now. I expect them to maybe break one or two off, but uh, should have no issue covering the twelve and a half. Give me the boys Mm. to uh, and I was looking for uh, maybe a defensive touchdown prop for. Some of our bada bing cha ching bets later. And I found it interesting. The Cowboys' defense is plus 350 to score a touchdown.
1: Ooh, I like that. Who is it, Leighton Vanderush scooping score?
0: I don't know about all that, but (laughs) (laughs) when I checked the Jets' defense odd to score, they were upwards of plus 850 for their defense to score. So it just goes to show how talented this Cowboys defense is, it's going to be harder to come by without Diggs. But uh, that's why we got Defensive Player of the Year, Stefan Gilmore. Hopefully he can get these boys rallied in the secondary.
1: What's the statute of limitations on calling somebody an MVP or Defensive Player of the Year? Because he won it, I think, four years ago. Are you still allowed to call him Defensive Player of the Year even though he did it four years ago? Or is it like eight years is kind of the limit where it's like, Patrick Peterson, all-pro corner. like He was an all-pro corner seven years ago, sure. Well,
0: you can still call him that. It's not going to hold much weight, just how I'm a high school two-time state champion. <laughs> so any anything after that counts. Anything after 2018. So I think he won it in 2019. He's, he's got a – I mean, defensive player of the year, you could ride that for your whole career.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, that's fair. Um, All right, next matchup, last matchup on the slate is this is a logo matchup of the 1970s. Pittsburgh Steelers going to Vegas to play the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by two and a half points at home against the Steelers. This makes no sense to me. I'm taking the Steelers. I'm just going to lay that out there. Raiders do not play inspiring football. I do not like their head coach. Josh McDaniels is a pussy. Mike Tomlin is the man. Like we said, he feeds his players roaches instead of cigarettes. Um, so, yeah, I expect George Pickens to be blunted out and start balling out. He looks pretty good on Monday night. He was one of the more exciting things to watch Monday night. What do you like here in the Pittsburgh-Vegas matchup? That's another
0: team with a lot of noise around them. Haven't really met expectations, but they sneak out with a win Monday night against uh, Cleveland. Uh, short week for the Steelers, but you're going to expect them to be prepared. Yeah. Uh, if I was betting this one, I'd take the Steelers in the points. Steelers are getting two and a half, if I'm reading this right. Yep. But um, probably just lay some field goal made bets on
1: Boswell and Dylan Carlson in the dome in Vegas. All right, those are your boys, Carlson, Boswell. Tasty treat for Bordy there. Now it's time to move on to the Bada Bing Cha Ching. Corner. Hey yo! It's rent money time, baby. So Bordy is hot here as well. He went four and oh last week in the bottom Bing Ching corner. So this is where we pick an underdog money line, a spread, a player prop, and an over or an under, and then our our parlay that comes from our heart and not from our head. At the end, we don't count those against our record because they're usually pretty ridiculous. Ours are a little bit more tame this week, which is nice. So a little bit more realistic, but you know, it'll still be fun to talk about them. So. You're 4-0. What is your underdog money line? And I should say that I went 0-4 last weekend, but we don't have to talk about that or linger on it. So you're 7-1 on the season. I'm 1-7. I'm really bad at this. Um, so it makes sense why my bank account has been depleting. Um, but you know what? That doesn't mean we're going to give up. We're going to keep going. And I play the numbers, so I'm going to bounce back this week, I think. What's your underdog money line?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of even money games this week, so I was having trouble finding them. Yep. Uh, a real money line game that I liked where I could actually get plus odds. There's a lot of evens when you're taking into account the juice. Support local bookies. Um, but give me the Jets at home against New England, plus 120. Um, putting a lot of faith in Zach Wilson here
1: <laughs> and Robert Sala. Um,
0: yeah, it can't be any worse than last week. Uh, seeing Ghosts against that Cowboys D. Um, I'm just really putting my faith that the Jets' defense can uh, stifle New England and maybe get some points on the board of their
1: own. I believe the over-under here is 36-and-a-half, which is unbelievable, and that sounds about right for a Wilson-Mac Jones matchup. My underdog money line, we already talked about it. I'm taking Pittsburgh plus 120 at Vegas. Uh, my spread, we've already talked about it as well. I'm going to take Kansas City by 12-and-a-half against the Bears that's right I'll bet against my fucking Bears I don't give a shit it's Patrick Mahomes against Justin Fields it seems like simple math to me so yeah I'm gonna go with the Chiefs to win by two touchdowns and at home against the Bears
0: don't get burned by your boy JF1
1: if I do then you know it's like it it, I'm it's a win-win situation for me I either win money or I get to win some sort of hope and I've just lost all of it so Um, I've got a jersey of his. If anybody wants to buy it from me, I will sell it to you for two McDonald's coupons. Um, What's your spread of the week?
0: I like the Titans plus three and a half at Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ride with my boy, Vrabel. Yep. Uh, Said earlier, Titans don't need to move the ball much to win. Uh, They got to figure out the quarterback situation. If it's Malik Willis, it's Malik Willis. He kept them in games last year. He adds an extra element.
1: Uh you could run a little six back with him. But uh Tannehill had a rushing touchdown last week on a speed option with Derrick Henry, you know, running right alongside him against but that was against the Chargers and you know, not against the Browns. So it's a little bit different. But um I don't hate Tannehill. He's just so boring. I'm just so like he's he's just vanilla yogurt. Malik Willis is at least like maybe expired vanilla yogurt, but like there's some blueberries and granola in there at the very least, and chocolate chip or two.
0: Tannehill just looks like he's completely lost it. I wouldn't, yeah. have, I wouldn't be opposed. They should move on to Levis or Malik Willis, and they can't be any worse than Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill is not even game management game game managing at this point. He's just bad.
1: Yeah, if they played, but well but the, t- the
0: Titans have still covered their first two games, so
1: yeah, that's the rabble. That's the Brabe effect right there. Give me another hit, Braves. If Will Levis was the quarterback, at least we would get like, some shots of his girlfriends in the stands. Uh, so that would be nice, but I don't even know if they're still together. She probably moved on to somebody else. Um, all right, player prop of the week. I'm taking Justin Herbert to throw for over 284 and a half passing yards against the Minnesota Vikings. I think their secondary is lacking, and I like him to bounce back, you know, on turf, in the dome. I know it's a road game, but it just he's too talented to not throw the shit out of the ball against this Vikings defense. It
0: just hasn't looked like the same Herbert this year. Um, that's why that number's
1: a little lower than we're used to with Herbert. Um, it's still a pretty high number, though, for, like, most quarterbacks. I think most quarterbacks usually sit around, like, 265 and a half. When I take a look at them, he's 20 yards over that. But, yeah, he's he's got the ability to throw for 300 any given day. So you've got... You have an interesting one here. You have um, one of my favorite young wide receivers in the league to get an anytime touchdown. Who might that be?
0: Yeah, I wish the listeners at home could see my awful attempt at spelling this fellow's name. Um, I spelled his first name and both of his hyphenated <laughs> last names wrong. But uh, I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and the Jigba anytime TD plus 295. Um Seems like every other rookie receiver is kind of eating their lunch. Um, and Jackson Smith and Jigba has been getting open. Gino hasn't played great. Um, I think a lot of attention is going to go towards Metcalf and Lockett in that game, uh, just based off what you've seen from the Seahawks this year. And I think they draw something up to getting a Jigba open in the corner of the end zone. So, I'm eating the area where
1: he scores. That would be cool if you could call the spot of the touchdown and give him crazier odds. Like, is he going to score on the right side, the middle, the left, the corner, at the pile on? That would be a really cool thing. Uh, oh, with right, these over. betting
0: apps, it'll happen. They'll have, you'll be able to bet on freaking the color of Rabel's piss at halftime. <laughs> and you know I'm hammering clear.
1: I'm hammering red, dude. That man pisses with blood. Uh, <laughs> he, pisses, he pisses chewing tobacco. My my under of the week is Philadelphia and Tampa under 46. I think it's two stout defenses. I think Tampa Bay squeaks out a win here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Baker and Jalen Hurts. Neither of them have been, like, super. I can see both of them getting hurt in this game, which is, like, a weird thing to contemplate about quarterbacks because they love to run the ball. But Jalen's rushing attack hasn't looked as polished as it did last year. Did he get slower over the offseason, or was that just, like, all the money in his pockets weighing him down?
0: I think he, I think he missed the a lot. Um,
1: yeah, a hundred percent.
0: This, this play calling I've seen this year. I watched a lot of Eagles last year, them being in our division and obviously them being one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Um, they're not as downhill. Um, granted they found, definitely found a guy with Deandre Swift. I'm not sure if he was just teed up to be back in Philly and yep. get a lot of touches, but, uh, I like the under here too. Uh, there's three things pointing to the under. You got a strong Philadelphia defense. You got a strong Tampa Bay defense, and you got Baker Mayfield playing. So uh, nope. I think the under is a safe bet here, but uh, maybe a little too obvious. But I I don't see Philly could put up 30. I don't see Tampa Bay putting up
1: 16. All right, and my head says no, but my heart says fuck it. You, you missed my over-under here. I got a, I've got been hitting oh, shit, overs
0: man. on Bears games, but I just don't see it this week. Uh, you got a fast Spags defense. Uh, Chris Jones is obviously back wrecking game plans of the opposing <laughs> offensive coordinators. I forgot about I mean, Chris Jones. He, he didn't oh play God. football in months and went out there and looked like the defensive player of the year again. It looked like the 15-sack guy of last year. and. A lot of people thought he was going to come in a little out of shape. But he didn't miss a step. Um, Fields done a lot of talking this week.
1: Too much. He got swept under the rug with the defensive coordinator stuff.
0: He he kind of talked himself into a corner to where he put it even more on him. He put even more responsibility on him, it feels like. Um, But he says he's going to let it fly, which... (sighs) i don't know if that helps them or hurts them
1: I, it, I would love to see him let it fly i will say that much but he once again fake tough guy it's all talk i don't give a fuck about talking anymore this is like they're not podcasting on the fucking field get out there and fucking show me i could give a shit less about a bubble screen fucking air it out we went and got dj more for a reason we have speed and darnell mooney it's just tyler scott our rookie receiver hasn't got a touch all year because he's fucking I don't know. Not Chase Claypool, and I guess we're gonna play him instead. He kind of touched down last week, but he's still a bitch. You, you guys forget.
0: only throw it twenty times a game, you know. Like oh. you're not, you're not even trying to get the ball to these dudes. And
1: uh, let's not talk about it. Dude. I don't want to talk
0: about. Yeah, it. Yeah, give me the give me the under forty in this one, and let's not talk about the Bears until until they play the Chiefs on Sunday. It's gonna be yeah. an exciting one. I know a yep. lot of people traveling up to that game. Uh. Not sure why. It Seems like a waste of alcohol and cheeseburgers, but uh, you know, go Bears! If there's any game, I'm rooting for the Bears. It's to embarrass the Chiefs and the whole organization they got. It would feel so good. And Taylor so- Swift will be there, so we're rooting for a boring game.
1: Yeah, it'll be so. It'll be so nice, and it's just one of my coaches that i coach with as a bears fan and we were talking about marvin harrison jr and shador sanders and it's like it's week three we should not be talking about this yet it's just a waste of breath um all right my head says no but my heart says fuck it let's go with our hearts here bordy i'm gonna take our rookie running backs i have both of them on our on my madden team and our franchise online jameer gibbs and Bijan robinson both to record a touchdown anytime touchdown plus 262 for both of these uh, top fifteen picks in the NFL draft to get in the end zone. That, that's yeah, I, like that. I think that'll do. For. I I think that'll I do. I think it. that'll do. Put a few yeah, units.
0: Put a few units on that one. Josh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your what's your fuck it parlay?
0: Give me ETN, the Florida boy, mm-hmm. two tuds in Jacksonville against the Houston Texans. I love this one. Uh, Jaguars didn't look great last week, but ETN is playing some inspired football. He's a baller, dude.
1: He's a, he, fucking he,
0: baller. he is great. He, you just see him stiff arm and create three yards of separation from the dude that just seemed like he had him dead to rights in the backfield.
1: Yep. And it's like, this guy can run the ball for me. Yep. There's a lot of hype surrounding Bijan right now is one of the better backs in the league. No, nobody, nobody is talking about Trevor ETN and, um, Travis Etienne, Trevor's his little brother. So, yeah, I like this one a lot. Plus 500 is really tasty odds for two tutties, and uh, I have some fantasy value on him as well. All right, before we get out of here, I asked you to watch the rest of Babylon last week. You completed your mission of watching the rest of Damien Chazelle's absolutely batshit crazy film. I want to know what your thoughts are on it, and then I want to know what you thought of the last five minutes, which was probably the most shocked I've ever been in a theater just like wondering what the fuck is happening. And I still can't decide whether I love it or absolutely despise it. So what were your thoughts on the movie? Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, uh, Diego Cavella—it uh, just a stacked cast, stacked roster, plenty of fucking in that movie, plenty of drugs in that movie. So I thought it would be nice for you. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You like? that, that Latino guy in that was great. What did you He's say amazing. his name was? Um, I yeah. believe it's was Diego Cavella. I'd have to double check. Yeah. Um,
0: Margot Robbie, outstanding as always, She's Brad. Unbelievable Brad Pitt, in that. Outstanding. Movie. I w- it's one of those things I wish I was in control of it. It's so awesome. Like I wish I could have been the coordinator for this movie and just like done a few things differently. It's a great movie, but uh three hours long it just kinda felt like there were some highs and some loves in it. And it, it didn't turn out the way I, I wanted it to. Yep. I, that might be selfish. I'm not a movie buff like you, but uh, I definitely could have done with a little more Margaret Nipple. And uh, <laughs> maybe her and Brad Pitt could have made a, I like guess, sick racing movie or something. Mm, mm. Like, I, I wanted him to have a little comeback. And he could have had the same ending, but I didn't want just his complete fall off. You know, yeah. like he, I don't he, he f- never had any sort of redemption. He just kind of was always a piece of shit.
1: But, yep, I don't th- want to spoil it too much, but it, it does. There's a interesting Brad Pitt ending that I loved personally. And I saw this opening night, um, which I believe was the day before Christmas Eve, I want to say, with Hotto, who is a movie buff like me, and then Reeseberg, who loves movies, and Turner, who loves movies. And if I remember correctly, Riesberg and Turner looked at Hado and I after the movie they're like that movie was made for you guys like that's you know that's more your guys's pace because it is a movie for people that don't just love movies themselves but love like the creation of movies so it's about the transition from talky or silent movies in that era which was just absolutely fucking rambunctious and crazy my favorite sequence in the movie is when they're shooting like seven movies all at once on like the same campus and it's just A complete clusterfuck and then margot robbie gets her debut and she does the one single tear trick and all that kind of stuff which is real that's like so inspiring the fact that she can actually do that is amazing um but the ending of the movie so we will move into spoiler territory here diego calva is his name he sits down in a theater i think it's 20 years later after all of these crazy things in his life have happened and nelly margot robbie's character has left his life um and she's died he sits down in a movie theater And he experiences almost an acid trip of the next 80 years of films. And what we get is essentially a YouTube compilation of every meaningful movie moment over the last 80 years. There's glimpses of The Godfather, Goodfellas, Avatar at one point, which a lot of people had a lot of things to say about Um, Terminator. Like it's literally all over the place. And there's also like these fluorescent bleeding transcendent colors that are just coming over the screen and the music becomes absolutely heart racing like it goes so fucking fast it's like jazz and edm fused into this just chaotic mess so what did you think of the last five minutes of the movie was it like what the fuck is happening here because like i understood like the message of it at the end of it i don't know why he did it or was it one of those things where you're like this is just high grade movie bullshit some director jerking himself off
0: no, it would have been hilarious to see this at the theaters just to watch all the neurodivergent people run out screaming, <laughs> covering their ears. But, uh, it was definitely some EDM fuckery with a lot of, uh, visuals, um, unique. I'm I'm not familiar with the director, but, uh, you know, it was a, it was a fun movie. It, it had some kind of for everyone,
1: uh, Good, good movie rec, Viv. So, we're going to do this at the end of every pod, boardy, and they're never going to just be normal movies. I'm going to make sure that they are some of the weirder ones. Um, is there any streaming service that I should stick to, or do you have the firebroken jail stick that you can, or <laughs> jailbroken fire stick that you can kind of just get whatever you want on?
0: No, you don't got to worry about that, Viv. I got 10,000 channels, 50,000 movies, every TV show with uh, bloopers and outtakes (laughs) you get bloopers and outtakes with that too you get everything man and when i say everything i mean everything
1: you get it all okay (laughs) all right let's see here then so i haven't decided on a movie yet um i want it to be a fun one i want it to be not as chaotic as babylon let's see here Is there like, a year that I have to make sure that it's after? Will you watch an old one, too? I've been kind
0: of in the mood for an old movie since watching Babylon. Um, love Casablanca and
1: uh, oh, oh yeah. other okay, of so, the
0: old movies, like Vertigo. Is that a
1: movie? That is. That's a great Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. I, like,
0: I, like, I liked Hitchcock. I like some of those uh, old Chaplin movies where he chases after the train
1: mm-hmm.
0: or whatever the fuck they did. And then those... It's just interesting how it was more of a challenge to make movies back then. It's not okay. just you hop in a computer and on a computer and make two transformers fuck. <laughs> you actually had you actually had to do create the scene. You couldn't is, just rely on CGI and stuff like that.
1: This is perfect because um, this is a ninety-five minute movie directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Stanley Kubrick. Um, it's a comedy um it's his only comedy that he's ever made it is called Dr. Strangelove or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb it is a cold war era movie um and it's weird it has um <laughs> probably one of the weirder final scenes that I've ever seen in a movie so I think this is a good I mean Babylon is three hours long that's a challenge I'm going to give you less than 100 minutes here crank it out I've been itching to rewatch it so I'm excited to watch it too and then we can talk about it at the end of the next pod
0: all right, I'm going to have to write that one down because that was a real happy-ass name there.
1: It is a very long name. Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. It'll be a lot of fun. So we'll talk about it then. For everybody else, uh, make sure to tune in to football this weekend. Make sure to listen to Rent Money Week 4 if you haven't already. Crazy college football slate this weekend. Super pumped about it. Go Hawks. Fuck Penn State. Um, and for Bordy B, I'm Ralph Campiano. This has been the Pop-Off Podcast NFL Week 3. We'll be back next week recapping these games and then previewing week four as well. Let's go Bears, I guess. Go down to Kansas City and fuck up Arrowhead. Go Cowboys, Bordy. Hopefully they can cover the 12 and a half. Take
0: take your mother to church and make prop bets from the back pew.
1: Oh, and one last thing. One last thing. I wanted to say this. Share the podcast with somebody, okay? Share it with your mother, share it with your father, share it with your brother, share it with your sister, share it with your best friends. But whatever you fucking do, do share not Share with a homeless it. person. Do not the send it to homeless person
0: any... asking for change on the corner. Say, here's a podcast instead. <laughs> you, you, you don't need food or water yeah. or or uh, fentanyl. Listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> You're going to buy a house with Bordy's Picks, okay? But there is one thing. Do not send it to any fucking lames. I do not want lames listening to this podcast network. Okay, that is the number one priority here. We are trying to keep a strong core. So whatever yeah, you do. Don't send it to mind. any liberals either. Okay, Jesus Christ. We'll see you guys on the other side. Peace out.
0: Silence your cell phones now.